Shalom to everyone. In this week's parasha, Parshas Vayera, we know that the parasha begins with the famous story of Avram Avinu's incredible chesed with the three Malachim. Immediately afterwards, the Torah tells us, as the Malachim's descent into Sodom and uh, destruction of Sodom, Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky points out a very interesting factor and the juxtaposition, I love that word, sounds very sophisticated, of these two incidents. Because if you look carefully, both have a great emphasis on Achnasus Orchim, hosting the guests. The story of Abraham is the classic demonstration of the most highest level and attitude a person should have towards his Achnasus Orchim. We see how Abraham ignores the fact that he is uh, ill, yeah, because as the Torah teaches us, after Chazal teaches us, after three day, the third day after the Bris Milah is the most painful for the body. And yet, he spares no effort in making his guests feel completely welcome. However, immediately following this, the Torah takes us to the city of Sodom and demonstrates to us the complete opposite for the very same mitzvah of We see how but Lot's life is threatened by the people of Stone because he dared to provide food and shelter for visiting strangers. So ask of Yaakov Kamenetsky, what is the significance of the Torah's emphasis on the very strong contrast between Avram and the people of Stone? Rav Kamenetsky suggests an answer based on another aspect of the story of Stone. Hashem tells Avram about his plan to destroy Stone. Why? because of their complete disregard for their fellow man. How does Avram react? We see that Avram reacts with unlimited concern for these evil people. Adkedekach, that he speaks to Hashem in a very harsh tone, that he knows and he feels he must first request apology to Hashem that is about to speak like that, and that he won't be angry with him for speaking with such harshness. Rav Kamenetsky explains and answers the reason these two stories are in, right next to each other is that the Torah is showing us an aspect of Avram's incredible level of Ben Adam that we should all aspire to. And what is that? He writes that normally when a person excels in one area of character trait or one midah, he is particularly makpid on another's behavior in the same area. And as a result, he tends to judge them very harshly for the fact they fail in that area, at least relative to him. He over there gives the example in his book of a person that is very careful to eat bread and suda shlishit, which lechatchila one should do. And he tends to view who, one who only eats fruits for the suda shlishit very judgmentally. And more, therefore, the Torah juxtaposes that Avram's greatness in Achnasus Oichin as opposed to Sdom's failure to show us that nevertheless that did not change, that did not stop Avram for begging for Hashem to treat Sodom with mercy. So we see that Avam did not fall to this Yetzirah. The Shaila is, you see from this idea that indeed it is, it is hard. I think a lot of us can understand that. It doesn't matter in what, but when you're very good in something, or excel, or you take it very seriously, it's, it's hard not to judge another when he doesn't do the same, or at least do basic in, in that area. And why is that? 
That's pretty obvious, because when a person excels in one area or mida, you will find it very hard to understand how other people can be less zahir in the same field. For example, if you think about it, if a person is particularly punctual, he finds it very hard to understand and comprehend how people can consistently coming late. It's very clear to him that such an act shows a lack of consideration for other people's time. So the shaila is, how do we deal with such a with such a yitzel? So I want to suggest something I saw in another book called Be'atzatchat Ancheni. It's actually a relatively modern Musr book that the G'doylin felt, like the other Musr books, as important as they are, they're a bit deep for some people in our generation. And therefore they felt that someone has to, as they say in Hebrew, to bring it a bit down and simplify these deep ideas to us. By the way, Simi, you would love this book. What do you see? What does it say? It says, without getting too esoteric, you see over there the idea that everyone is born, I'm not going to use the terms nefesh, ruach, neshama, because those are deep terms, but everyone is programmed in a certain way. And when he gets his neshama, he starts from a certain starting point that he has embedded with him certain natural instincts. He explains that every person is different, just like the Gemara says, just like if our faces and every person looks different than another, so too also the way they think is different. He says, and therefore, also here, everyone starts off with a different natural instinct. Some people are born to be very zariz and always come on time. They don't even have to work hard on that mitzvah. Some people automatically feel bad for other people and want to help them out. Some people have this urge to be angry. Everyone has different initial statuses, we'll call it. And as a result, their avoidance is different. So, once we understand that, how can we judge someone else? The mashal he gives over there in that book is, if you don't see what's going on, but behind one room you hear an unbelievable voice. He's singing, he's doing a music production. The other guy, the other door also, behind the other door, another person singing, but his singing is so bad. Alapanim, as they say. So, he thinks that, yeah, this, this person is a way bigger, better singer. But when he opens the door, he sees that one, one person is singing literally just with his voice. Nothing. He's just taping and listening to... He actually doesn't bring the mashal with a closed door. He says that he hears it on the tape. But then when he goes to the music production, Zevi, I don't know if you're listening, you'll probably appreciate this more, he sees that one person has all these unbelievable music instruments around him and this thing that mess changes your voice to become good and all these high top technology and without the guy has nothing so he goes whoa it's so unfair to compare how can i compare same with us everyone comes with a different initial status i'm not even talking about all the nisyonot he has in his life that we already know that everyone has their own pekalich of issues he had to deal with how coponim mainly becomes very obvious to us why it's not fair to judge and no matter where you reached or where you're holding you should not compare to the other because and perhaps that is the what the Gemara Baba Basra says that when a person goes up the Elyonim look Tachtoinim and Tachtoinim look Elyonim meaning the people that were high up in this world suddenly they look they're all the way low over there people that looked like big Rosh Yeshivas people that looked like they were big Tomite Chachamim they got so much covered here over there you get no covered and, and, and 
the opposite. Obviously, that's not always true. But you see a lot of that. Why? Because you don't know what the starting point of each person is. There's a lot to, to dwell and explain on this Nekuda. There's also something that perhaps we'll talk another time about the Nekuda Sabchira. It's a famous, uh, famous vote by Rav Desler. Al-Kopanim, in that book, just to end off this idea, he says that animals don't have this. Animals all have the same instincts because that's how Hashem created them. A cat has an instinct to run after a mouse, etc., etc. And therefore, they don't have this idea of a pachira even, or but by us, one cannot judge. We find another example of Ram's greatness with regards to interacting with people on a lower level than himself. At the beginning of the parsha, the Torah goes to great lengths in describing the unbelievable lavish meal that Avraham Avinu provides to his visitors, describing the delicious delicacies and that he served. Avisochal friend Shlita points out that Avraham Avinu himself surely had little interest in indulging himself with such food. Nonetheless, he did not impose his own level of prishut, prishus, which means separation from the physical world, because he was on a high level. He didn't impose that on his guest and spared no effort in providing them a lavish meal. Rav Fran describes how one of the <coughs> greatest recent Gdoilim also excelled in this area, of not imposing their own high standards on others. However, the way he treated other people, he mamash. The kids so this idea, he didn't impose it on others, only on himself. How do we see that? Because he had in his refrigerator home, Rav Moshe Feinstein, he had in his refrigerator home a number of food, types of food that um, unbelievable sauces that, that made the food more tastier. It is clear whoever knew of Moshe Feinstein that he himself did not place great importance on adding such sauces to make his food taste more pleasant. He lived on a far high level plane of existence where such physical pleasures were meaningless. However, nonetheless, he did not expect other people to aspire to his own high levels and therefore he had it in the fridge for when visitors would come. There's many more examples of this. But at the end of the day, we see another, from this idea of Rav Yaakov Kamenetsky, we see another idea, another trait of what a high level of Ramavin reached. And perhaps we can all take this to ourselves, to our personal lives, and see how we can be less judgmental, as the, the Mishnah Pirkei says, and try to understand, it's not even fair to be judgmental, and try to reach the level that even though we excel or we're pretty good in a certain area, Omida, that still we should understand how others are not in our level. Good job, guys.